say great is thy faithfulness. There is no like unto thee. You have been so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your grace that never runs out. Thank you, Father, for your love that is unfailing. Thank you for the fellowship of your Holy Spirit that has never failed us. We say to you be all the glory. To you be all honor and all adoration in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we have gathered here today, Father, you are the one that touches lives. You are the one that changes things and situations and circumstances and seasons and times. Do that which you have promised to do, O oh Lord. Have your way and be thou exalted, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. working 
in obedience, like some habit in life where you uh, say you are walking in obedience. And the last uh, thing there is trust. This comes from belief in the one giving the instruction, and it is born out of love. So while I was looking at my life, at the story of my life, and uh, what God has done for me, I decided to go to the Bible, and um, there was a character in the Bible that had the life, and the story of her life, I could really relate to it, and that character is Ruth, you know? The Ruth had an encounter. The first encounter Ruth had was the marriage she, um, um, that took place between her and Naomi's son. You see, at that point, that was the stage where she decided to leave um, her background, to leave who she was. Because the Israelites and the Moabites, they don't marry. They were not meant, Ruth was a Moabite, and um, um, Naomi is a Judean from Judah. So it's like the relationship, they don't, they are not, those from the Israelites are not meant to marry the Moabite. So at the stage where she agreed to marry an Israelite, and an Israelite took, you know, went out. We know the whole, we know the whole story of Naomi and how she had to live with her family because of famine in the land. Now that was the stage where she had the encounter. And as a result of that encounter, she lost her husband. She became a widow. I tried to play the same in my head. And one thing I can tell you for sure is the fact that the point when now when Ruth made that decision to go with Naomi, that decision was not made at that point. That decision was made long before she got that point. Because what Oprah did, I tell you, she did not do anything wrong. You understand? Uh -huh. They were both young ladies. They were widows, and they also had the opportunity to go out and marry. And the mother was said, please, people cannot live the kind of life I'm, I'm living. I'm, I'm like, I'm lost. I don't have anything. But you are still young. You still have a future. You can go and look for something for yourself. That was wonderful. That was an opportunity that Anybody who is sensible want to embrace. But Ruth said, no, I'm going with you. That decision did not happen at that time. That's, that's the, um, 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 what do you call it? The, the point I want to bring out. Ruth, Ruth had already discovered her purpose with Naomi. She had already discovered that the fact I married Naomi's son was not an accident. It was not uh, something I just did because the guy is handsome and I needed to get married. So she was able to discover that. And I can tell you, I can like play the scene in my head and tell you that at the time they were living, three the three women were living together. Sometimes I would be like, ah, Mama, people, let me go and see my family people. Every time she would be going to see her family people, Ruth would be the one that is in the house, cleaning up, cooking, doing everything. And she attached her life, her purpose to know. So when Naomi was saying, you should go back, Ruth, Ruth could not comprehend it, like, go back to what she had discovered her purpose. And the third thing was the process. After she went with Naomi, there was a process that took place. I, I remember she did not just, when she, 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 because she knew her purpose, she knew there was nothing waiting for her at the other side, but that did not matter because she knew what she was holding on to. You see, at the stage where she said, your God will be my God. 
It means she knew that the God of from where she's coming from is different from the God of Naomi. But she had made that decision that whatever it is, my life is with you. My purpose is with you. Now, she went through the whole process. We all know the story of it. I'm not going to you know, start going into it. She went through the whole process and um, she toyed and um, did what even Boaz could look at and say no. For this lady to have done this, she's a virtuous woman. Like, other young ladies, as beautiful as you are, will not be doing this thing you are doing. Like, hanging around the farm, waiting to pick out some things for you and your mother in order to eat. And then, eventually, the last um, part, I'll just try to narrate it in these four points, is the price. I looked at the genealogy of Jesus Christ. There were two, three special women that were only mentioned in that genealogy, and it shook me. One was Tamar. The other one is Rehab and Ruth. And if you check it, these three women were not Israelites. They were not Israelites. And God is still in that business of picking ordinary people and using them for his extraordinary purpose. Now my testimony. As a young lady, okay, I'm um, the last child of uh, ten children. The same mother, the same father. <laughs> and, uh, growing up, that's a story for another day. I had siblings who did not really want me around because like, I was almost like a nuisance to them. The age difference was so much. My first, um, my eldest siblings, um, senior with 20 years. So that was like more than enough for them to just look at me and say, what is this girl doing here? So, but um, like every other young lady, uh, I already had a plan, this kind of man I'm going to get married to know when they started to get married and all that. And um, I had the list because every conference I attend, every meeting they will tell you whatever you want in your mind, you know, you write it out and you use it and pray. And I wrote it out and I was using it to do. Until one day, God uh, told me that. You know, do you know you are limiting me? I was praying and I heard, do you know you are limiting me? I was like, how? They were like, with these things, how? I said, how am I limiting you with these things? And he said, do away with that list. So I took my list though and I thought it, I thought it into, shredded it into pieces. And um, at that point, and I said, Father, have your way. So, um, I met my husband for the first time in 2002. I was just finishing secondary school. Now, how? He came with someone to the house to see my elder brother. My elder brother is a lecturer in UNA. So, and uh, they came to see me. And um, I happened to be the one that had to serve them cooler when they came. Because some them cooler, just uh, zoomed out. So, but somehow he was um, around in the family. And, um, he was more like, um, you know, my other brother's, um, I don't know what to call it, but, you know, better say PA, something like that. So always doing things, running errands for him and all that. So, um, we didn't really get along that much. And that is still like, like an amazing thing. Like, when God wants to do things, we didn't really get along that much. And the proposal came in 2012. First of all, I was like, are you sure? Like, it took me six months 
to make up my mind to really be convinced that this was God's plan, that this I'm working in line with God's plan. And all that six months was almost like six years for him. At the time, he told me, I should I still wait? Should I still continue waiting? Are you still praying? I said, I'm still praying. And then eventually, when I went to my siblings and told them that ah, I, I found somebody who I decided I want to get married, they were like, oh, when I told him, the reaction was very, very negative. And then why? Because they, they looked at me and like, what does he have to offer? That was the question. And I was like, I don't get. They were like, what does he have to offer? I said, what kind of life do you want to have with him? What kind of life do you think you can live with him? And I'm like, okay, okay, let's let's go back, let's rewind. And that was at the point where I told them that it's not about the things we see, but it's about what I believe. I know God is the one leading me. And I'm ready to go, even if there's nothing there. When we got married in 2013, our motto was with God, nothing, all things are possible. Guys, we got nothing is possible, possible. Well, we did not have any furniture. In short, the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, he was staying in one room, tenants, and um, I told him before, when I said, ah, yeah, I'm not going to stay in this one room with you. Let's take it. Oh my God. It was like, uh, okay, so what are we going to do? I said, let's get a place. Let's rent a place. He said, okay. We started looking. Okay, sorry. We started looking for a place. And um, all the places we saw, we are both our budgets. First of all, how much do you, how much do you have? How much your husband have? Don't even bother. Because you, you, could, you can't rent us a place. And we are talking about doing wedding. So I, we started looking for, and you see, I, at this stage, I just want us to pick and see how it it works, you know, the stages and how God played His own part. First of all, when I had to go to my parents to tell them I'm going to get married, I want to get married to my husband, and I accepted his proposal. I was told that my dad would not agree. My dad is a very hard nut to crack, like. There's always an issue. Everybody's married. My sister before me, it took like how many years before he said yes to that marriage. So everybody said, yours, he's not going to accept. It's obvious, it's glaring. He will not give you, how can he give the daughter to somebody like this? You know? And um, I prayed. And the one prayer I prayed, I said, Father, if this is your way, I will not fight my parents to get married. That has never been in my plan. I want to marry someone who my parents love and who loves my parents. I want peace. So if my dad says no, you know me now, I'm not going to argue. I'll just go back and say, sorry, oh, my father refused. So I leave it up to you. And then I went for the interview. <laughs> Sat down for how many hours. My dad questioned and questioned, where is he from? Why is he like this? At the time, the question was, okay, he's not, um, He's not from, his parents are not uh, married. Do you want to marry somebody? I'm like, I don't understand. Are we Christians? You know, at the time you discover that when it comes to the point where faith needs to work, that's when you realize that some people you think you are, you are standing with and they have that same faith you do, they really don't. And that is the time you need to identify yourself and ask yourself, this is my goal, this is my purpose, this is my, my life. 
Am I willing to listen to what people who don't have that same vision that I have? Am I willing to listen to them? Because Ruth had the opportunity to leave Naomi. Like she would have left and there was nothing wrong with it. So um, after all the talk with my dad and everything, the summary, all he said was, I, if this is the person you say you want to marry, no problem. Ah, I was like, what's it? <laughs> Discussion started around 10 p.m. This was 3 a.m. That my dad, they were ah, like, are you serious? I said, yes, so. And then that was how it all went. And we started looking for a place. All the places we got, the money was so high. And my husband was like, okay, maybe we can borrow money. I said, I will not start that stage of my life collecting money from someone. Whatever we have, God knows what we have. Look at how much I have in my own savings. Whatever we have, we bring it then let God know how he's going to do it. But me, I will not go begging anybody for money for accommodation. And God showed me the place we are living now in a dream. We were looking, he, he, and when he showed me, it was just a tattered old place. And I was like, what is this? And I realized that God can take the things that look like nothing, the things that people see. You know, when God wants to put treasures. He doesn't put treasures in fancy parts. He doesn't. He puts them in a path that you can, you need to be spiritually alert. You need to really know who you are following to be able to say there's treasure in this place. Okay, just imagine gold is hidden under the ground. What good can come from the sand? Like, you know, but that is where he put it. He didn't put it in the sky where everything is and you say, yeah, that's, no. So, when I eventually went to see the place, I told my husband, look at this place, and we were like, okay, let's see if we can get it. They said, the landlady, one issue or the other. Eventually, everything just went smoothly. We were able to pay without telling anybody we want to pay rent, though. We paid. And then, after the wedding, we moved into a three-bedroom flat. But we couldn't move into three-bedroom flats because we have four parties for one to two. <laughs> so, so, so of the three-bedroom flats, we occupied one room, you know, and then that was how the journey started from that place. When it was time, we were like, honeymoon, we did our honeymoon in Accra. That was the first convention I attended at, um, yeah, that is the, International convention, the one that took place in Ghana. We all went uh, for that convention, and um, it was a very beautiful experience. And we had moments, we had times, you know, when it looked like, okay, so where are we? What are we going to do? There were moments when, when people looked at us and were like, ah, or something. We are looking like, okay, let's first find something to eat before we start looking at Uma. Because if Uma is coming now, you have to have eaten and your food before you can feed Uma and all that. Because we had moments where my husband had to lock me in the bus you know, when we were coming back from church because we didn't have transport to be for two. 
<laughs> and they will not stop at the Otiba and use our leg and walk down to the heaven. You know, you see us and you're like, ah, this boy, I just throw you. They didn't have to enter the one that will stop them in New Heaven. You know, that's why they were taking that to walk. You know. And there were times we take ice, and, you know, and put in Gary and add milk. I'll be drinking it and you know, we take picture of it. Think I this quite enjoying. Don't know that their gas finished, they couldn't refill the gas and poop. So that's why they had to drink carry that afternoon. And in all this, we held on to one thing. My husband always said, as long as we agree, as long as we are together, as long as we complement each other, and we are walking in obedience to the will of God for our life. Now, in all these times, we never failed to do what we ought to do. At the time, there was a day we didn't have transport to come back home because somebody in church told my husband they didn't have transport. And my husband took our transport and gave to the person. And then said he thought I still had money with him. And then when we now came out, like, okay, so what are we going to do? We were able to find 20 there also. And then from Ababa to, um, uh, what they call it? This place. Yes. We begged from Doctor. My husband said, Let him stand on the bus. He stood on the bus. And I sat down. And in 2000, like six years ago, am I right now? 2014 or so, he got an opportunity. When this opportunity came, he was told by his boss, who he was working with, that he should come um, to Asaba that uh, there's some works he wanted to do with him. And when he went, he called me and told me that um, uh, he has been waiting for his boss, so his boss he has called and called, he's not answering. What, do, what will he do? I said, don't worry, let's just keep waiting. 11 p.m., he was still waiting. 12 midnight, he was still waiting outside. I was like, oh, so what are you going to do now? Eventually, he said the boss answered and told him, I'll see you tomorrow. He said, ah, but I don't have anywhere I'm going to stay in Asabita. Find somewhere and stay. And that was how I had to send him some money. He looked for one hotel like that. And that was how he stayed there. And the next morning, he saw the boy was, okay, I have to work. I want you to do with me here. And um, uh, it's going to, I don't know how long it's going to last. But eventually, the issue was, okay, so where will I stay? He said, find somewhere you're going to stay. So he had a sister in Asaba who was staying in one house that looked like a gate man's um, apartment. And um, he begged the sister and he was sleeping on the floor there with the sister. And this took place for months. Until finally this is boss got an appointment with the government and then that was how he got his own job. Now, this is the process. But during all this process, what kept us going was because we already knew our purpose. We already identified with our purpose and we knew that whatever it was that we were passing through, that God was going to do it. I remember the incident of how we, when we got to the stadium, we realized that we needed another account. And um, we prayed. What we had in our account was 550,000 naira. That was all we had. And we were praying for it. And husband would come and say, he saw one, it's one point. I look at it and say, I don't understand. You know how much we have. You say, eh, but they say they used to do this loan thing. I say, I'm not doing any loan thing. God knows how much I have. You should give me something that I can afford. I'm not going to start 
had to hold on to that. I'm not okay with it. And eventually we got a guest speaking to our house. And when they finished, they were about leaving. They were like, oh, the husband was telling people want to buy a car. But they said, car we have in Lagos, so we just we want to sell it. Uh, um, we don't know if you like it. We saw the picture like, ah, this car is beautiful. Okay, the next thing is how much? My ears are wasting you. How much? <laughs> because that is not to, it's not to see beautiful car. It's to know how much it is. And he said, well, I don't want to say it for 750. I told him, I said, okay, we don't have that. Look at what we have. And the young man said, for the past three days I've been in your house, the way you welcomed me, even none of my siblings have gone like that. I'll talk to my wife and give you people this car. And when the car came down, I was, I looked at it, I said, oh, so we have really grown, we have a car. And, <laughs> and he gave us the car for, was it six, 650 with everything he had to do and all that, and told us that we could pay 500 and later on we pay the balance. And that was how we were able to get our first car. Now, from that place, even during the period where it seemed like we didn't have anything, we were able to do that which we believed God was calling us to do. We didn't tell people, anybody who needed our help that, oh, so we are here, we are drinking and we are, we are drinking home. Nobody, there was no need for that. If we can help, we give the help that um, we can give. And God has, is taking us, as, uh, uh, because, you know, it's still a process. He's taking us to the place of abundance. And one thing I can say about that is that God takes us to that place not because of us. You see, he gives us what he gives to us, not for us. It's for those that are around us. It's for the people that we are existing, that we are living with. So whatever place of abundance, place of victory, whether you get a new job or you get something new. So the question now, at the end of the day, we who we are looking, you know, jumping from a bus to trekking, now had a car and we're not able to drop people after fellowship. We're not able to drop people after church. You're able to see somebody on the road and say, oh, please, where are you going? Where are you heading? Because you can identify with that process. You've been there. Yes. You understand? There are sometimes you'll be walking on the street and you'll be like, oh, God, thank God just sent an angel to just carry me and drop me where I'm going to. So you have the opportunity to be that angel that you once wanted to have to somebody else. And God took us from a place of drought, just like he did for Naomi and Ruth, you know? From a place of drought, Ruth today, nobody's talking about Oprah. We only talk about her because it happened that her name is close to Naomi's name. Nobody, there's no book called Oprah in the, in, the, in the Bible, but there's a book dedicated to Ruth because she was able to discover her purpose and she was able to walk in line with it. And irrespective of where she's coming from, she made herself available to be used. And God used her mightily. And for me, that's what God calls each and every one of us to do every day. When um, I say here, I said children, from four years of no child to four years of two um, sons, we stayed four years before we had Samuel. And during that time, it was like a, it was a period of drought. So many advice, so many people talking, but each time we came to the place of worship, we came to the place of God, we were sure and confident of one thing, 
that he who has called us to this marriage is faithful. Mm. And when the time is right, he is yes. going to do exactly what he wants yes. to do. So it was no longer about, I remember, I listened to where I went to the hospital, even the doctor was telling me, ah, forget your husband, go and do tests, go and do this one, go and do that one. In my home work, I said, I and all that. The temptations will definitely come. People's opinion will come. But if you are sure of where you are going to, if you know and you are aware that God who is calling you and leading you, he has a plan, he has a purpose for you. No matter what those around you are saying, it doesn't matter. As long as you hold on to him and you are walking, you know, you, you know, first of all, like I said, the faith that comes, comes from hearing the word. So you have the word of God and you are walking in line with that word. So when the storms come, you are not blown away. Praise the Lord. So the challenge, what are you doing where you are today? It's not about where you want to get to. Because even in the place where you don't have anything, there's still something you have that God can use to bless the lives of those around you. Most times we think we need to get there. That is when we get there. But the truth of the matter is that when we get there, nothing happens. Because nothing is happening today. Nothing will happen tomorrow. The person is not made by, this, by, by, by the abundance of the things the person has. The person is made by the heart that the person has. So if you have a heart of love for God, it doesn't matter whether you are giving a talent or whether you are giving two talents whether I give him four, you will do something with it. The one that was giving to talent, God was not expecting four or any. He just came and said, ah, I took the two and look at what I was able to do. And I bought out, I bought back those two. The one that was giving one, all God just wanted him to do, just use it. But he refused to use it. And so many times you find ourselves in situations where we feel like we have a right not to do anything because after all, we don't have like this person has. I say, God, tomorrow I'm going to stand in front of God. I'm not going to answer the kind of question Dangote is going to ask. I agree with you. I'm not going to answer the kind of question Gates is going to answer. Because I'm going to answer the kind of question that I, considering the places, the situation that God placed me, the question that's assigned to those places and those situations. And that applies to every one of us. So in our choices, in our daily life, if you have not yet discovered your purpose, it will be very difficult for you to walk in obedience. And the only way of discovering your purpose is in Christ Jesus. Because the only way to use a product very well, the way you ought to use it, is by reading the manual. And who made the manual? Is a manufacturer. But most times, all of us, we buy things. It's the other man on Apple until maybe. By the time it's spoiled, that's when you remember that that thing, there's a man on, let's go and pick it up. That's when you now realize, you know, I, I had to learn by force that even the clothes I get when I buy all these okay clothes, I have to read the instruction. Because I have bought one that after washing, clothes was destroyed. And I realized they said, don't wash it like this. But because I did not read that instruction, I didn't affect it like any other thought, and I ended up washing it that way. And that is the same way we as human beings, we are all here for a purpose. 
We are all, you, the little baby you are seeing is here for a reason. It's not, it's not here to bring pleasure to me, but to bring pleasure to God. And one day, all of us are going to stand before God and we are going to answer. And nobody, you're not going to say it's because Mama also said I should do this. It's not going to work because God has said, I give you this day life and death. He said, choose life that you may live. We all have that freedom of choice. And it is still a choice to make whether to walk in obedience to the will of God for our life or to live our life the way we want to live it. With all that is happening in our country today, it's so easy to join the bandwagon. You see what everybody is saying, you do what everybody is doing, and you even say, at the end of the day, God understands. God is still looking for ordinary people to carry out his extraordinary plans, even in our country, Nigeria. In conclusion, I say this, because I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 21, those who really love me are the ones who not only know my commands, but also obey them. My Father will love such people and I will love them. I will make myself known to them. Walking in obedience is the best thing that we as children of God can do. I usually tell my son, if you obey, mommy will give you anything you want. So put yourself in that shoe with God. If you are walking in obedience, what won't God do for you? Nothing. Nothing, because just the same way, you know, God created family for us to understand that relationship He has with us. The same way as a father, you want to do the best for your children. That's the same way God wants to do the best for you. But there's a path to follow, and only if we follow in that path are we going to be able to receive that which He has planned for us. And for us to follow in that path, it has to be a decision that we make, and every day of our lives, we live in that decision. So whether we're in a place of work, whether in a place of worship, wherever we find ourselves, we know who we are. We know what our purpose is. We know why we are here. And we walk in line with it. We say, God is our Father. We will not fear what men can do to us. We say, God is our Father. It does not matter where I am today. I am still a vessel unto honor to the glory of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. You say your plans are not to hurt us. Even in the midst of what is happening in the country. Your plans are not to hurt us. Your plans are to give us a future and a hope. In any way, we have failed to understand, we have failed to grow as we should. In every way, we have failed to obey or chosen to live according to our own desires. 
Father, we ask for your mercy. We ask, O oh Lord God, for your mercy. You said in your word, as a father pitied his children, so the Lord pitied those that bear him. We call on you today, and we ask you, O oh Lord God, to forgive us and help us, O oh Lord, even as we take that decision today, not to live for ourselves, but to live to the glory of your holy name. Help us to walk in obedience each and every day of our life, not just by words, Lord, but by faith in you. And let the testimonies increase day by day. Let all that speak Christ in us and let lives be changed because of what you are doing, even in our own lives. Receive all the glory, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, quickly invite the DC to come and pray for her while she goes to take care of the baby. The clap of rain.
I see great, great, great artists mm. in the church. Lord, you call people, and when you do, you do them. You make a way You help them. I pray that she will make Bless her 